The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. 20th anniversary of the Chorus Radiothon. It is uh, presented by Great Canadian Roofing, Siding, and Windows. You can take part, and that's why we're here to convince you and to tell you why you need to take part. Uh, text STOLLERY to 45678 to make a donation via your phone. You can also give us a phone call, 780-407-5437. That's 780-407-KIDS. Uh, out of town, long distance, 1-866-407-KIDS. Uh, also, online at stollerykids.com. Lots of ways to help, but you pick the one that works for you. It'll certainly work for the Stoller. We're joined right now uh, by Allison and her children, uh, Michaela and Carter. And Allison, uh, you and I have met before. We a have. Of, we had a couple of years ago, and the story has changed. So, But let's go back to the beginning of Carter's story. So what's the story? Um, well, we came in uh, when Carter was about six weeks old via emergency, and uh, that emergency room visit led to his first surgical consult by the time he was eight weeks old, and then we just haven't looked back. He's spent uh, over 250 days, uh, most of them outpatient, thankfully. Um, we've seen over 25 different specialists, most of whom are at the Stollery or affiliated with the Stollery. Um, he's 14 years old now, and uh, that's almost a whole year of his life we've spent uh, seeking treatment. And well, a whole year of his life specifically at the Stollery but it's exactly. been his whole life coming to the Stollery. His whole life. We've been uh, actively um, trying to seek a diagnosis. Um, but even without that, we're so lucky here because the Stollery will treat the symptoms. They'll treat the kid, treat the family, um, and they won't just give up because we don't know what it's called that he has. They keep fighting for us every day, keep looking at different things, keep trying to find ways to help him have a quality of life. You said what's kind of been a recurring theme for us this afternoon. You said they treat the kids and they treat the family. And I, I love that aspect of all the stories because they're not only looking after your kids, but they're looking after not just you, but Michaela as well. Absolutely. So uh, when I was pregnant with Michaela, we had a conversation with our pediatrician who's here at the Stollery and asked if Michaela could come under her care just for continuity of care. And um, they were able to take Michaela. And even this morning, um, the last two days, I've been, I was upstairs in treatment with Carter and I was phoning uh, down to the pediatrician's office here at the Stollery because Michaela's been having migraines and we haven't been able to get it under control. And where else would you be able to get such care that I can, you know, split myself and two and help two different children with two different issues uh, besides here. Do you know it's uh, funny, Morley, you'll have to verify this for our listeners at home. I wrote down... Uh continuity of care I wanted to ask you about and then you just said continuity of care <laughs> um, it's funny but I was thinking about uh, bringing Carter back here over 14 years and I, I, I just think about parents who bring their children to a hospital in general and they oftentimes find themselves explaining the situation time and time again yeah um, and hearing uh, possible solutions and saying, no, the last doctor said this, or no, we tried that, or that's the continuity of care. We've been very time. lucky um, here that I think that people, if you're not in the bubble, you don't totally understand it. Um, I remember I taking Carter into emergency one time, and the resident was on her last day of residency that treated us, and she said, I am so glad to finally meet you and put a face to a name. So they were taking Carter's case and many of the clinics she had worked in and using it as an example and a model of care and how to you know, treat these complicated cases. Kids. and she knew us and I didn't have to explain it a hundred times and you know it, we look at these clinics that they have here it's all integrated care that the specialist is just down the hall from the other specialists and they can go grab them and have a quick chat uh, we do IVs every week upstairs and you know if we're running into trouble the nurses will page a doctor to come check on Carter where else would that happen you mentioned uh, you mentioned treating these symptoms mm -hmm. what's the cause 
Well, the underlying causes are, are multiple things. Carter probably has 15 to 20 diagnoses if I really went through it all. Um, and, and some of it, we're still in search of diagnosis. Um, since I saw you two years ago when we were here at the Radiothon, Carter was diagnosed with um, autonomic nervous system failure, um, which is basically like your breathing, your heart, all of those things aren't functioning properly. It makes him extremely tired, um, hard to function in general. Um, and this diagnosis can take up to eight years to be diagnosed in North America. Our pediatrician picked up on it right away, was able to send us to a subspecialized neurologist here at the Stollery, one of only a handful in Canada, and Carter's begun treatment in the last 10 months and has begun to make a recovery to uh, quality of life. I'm just looking at the, uh, the surgeries and the procedures he's had here. He's seen probably more doctors in his young life than most people will ever see in a lifetime. I'm, I'm looking at it here. Genetics, neurosurgeons, gastrointestinal, neurologist, ear, nose, throat, sleep, urology. Uh, the list goes on and on and on. Uh, how is he How's he doing through all this? He's how pretty good. I've got to say the staff really make the difference, right? So not only do we have these sub-specialized um, specialists and doctors and nurses here, but they want to be here. They're choosing to be here because it's the highest quality care. It's the most cutting-edge hospital. It has the best donations behind it to buy the best equipment, uh, receive the best treatment um, to ease people's comfort ease people and give them comfort um, and so he's created bonds with lots of these people he came in for emergency surgery about 18 months ago and the uh, attending in the emergency room was like it's gonna be okay to me and he was trying to reassure me and I'm like I'm I'm honestly fine if I freak out then he freaks out <laughs> yeah. he was totally calm he was making jokes um, in the ORs are rolling him in it's two in the morning and he's joking around with the anesthesiologist because he hasn't been traumatized by being here it's always left um, you know a, a pleasant um, memory even if it's a difficult day somebody has tried to make it you know memorable or pleasant in some fashion and so that makes my job as a mom so much easier I didn't have to worry here yeah. he is we had a six-hour window to correct what was wrong um, we are in the best hospital in my opinion in the country it's one in the morning they're waking specialists up or nurses up anesthesiologists up to come do surgery why would I freak out where else would where else would I want to be but here the so care and comfort you're getting is a lot like the other stories we've heard but I just read this yours is a little different because a lot of people like we've talked to families we had a, a five-month-old baby. He hasn't been home yet. I know. Uh, but he, most of his work is outpatient, right? So right. you don't spend a lot of nights at the hospital, yes. but you still spend a lot of time here. Yes, and so we're very lucky that way. Like, when you come, I get to take my baby. I always tell people, I get to take my baby home at the end of the day, and there's people I see that don't get to do that. And so we are so blessed that we can have access to this incredible care um, and this incredible doctors and staff, but we don't have to stay here. And, and I always say it is that we're fighting for quality of life for him and not for his life, and we're very lucky um, in that, and that we... That the story recognizes that it's not just about um, fighting for the kids that are really really sick they're fighting every day to make sure that he has a childhood to make sure that his days that are spent here you know where we're spending six eight hours doing treatment or appointments or whatever that those are still capturing some memories for him that he can take with well, him. well and you know here's the thing as Marley pointed out your story is a little different in so much as almost everybody we talk to stays here right yeah. but uh, the stallery gets 222,900 
176 outpatient visit. That's an incredibly staggering number. Can you even imagine the doors here? People, that many people walking exactly. through the doors? Never close them. They're just always no. people right. just going in and out. Right? But you know, when we talk about, and we talked with some of our guests this afternoon about feeling like we're part of a community, but again, those are individuals who stay here over time, and you would assume over time that they get to know the doctors, the staff, the other parents. That's not your story because you come here as an outpatient. Do you still feel that sense of community? Oh, my goodness, absolutely. So I was uh, telling the story about when my uh, daughter had to have her uh, tonsils and adenoids out, and we were in the uh, day surgery, and the unit clerk says to me, oh, my goodness, you're here with the wrong kid. <laughs> right? And so, like, the fact that, you know, that seems like just a, a funny moment to me, but, you know, when you really draw it out into a, a bigger picture, that's that's a significant thing that, it's you know... It's about feeling safe. Right? right, and that we have people that are genuinely invested in his care, even if we're just coming and going. There are people genuinely invested in his care and seeing that, you know, they treat him and help him live the best life he can. And you're trying, obviously, to keep things as just like a regular kid for him. Yeah. How tough is this school-wise for him? Because um, he's well, here Carter's, an awful lot, I imagine, on school days. So we, we actually ended up pulling him out and he's homeschooled now as a result of that because he just, uh, he never did, could do a full um, schedule. It was very difficult on him, very tired. Um, you know, you're always missing things. And then, so we, we've been homeschooling him now for about three years and that seems to really be working because, you know, it just takes a lot of the stress out of uh, having to, you know, coordinate things. It's enough sometimes just to coordinate appointments here. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, right? And imagine. never mind, you know, other sorts of activities. Carter now comes once a week for IV treatments upstairs, and then we still have other appointments ongoing as well, right? You know, I'm always just amazed. I say it time and time again when we do these. I'm always amazed at the strength and perseverance of not only the parents, but the children as well, because this is their normal, right? Yeah. Uh, these, you know, how many, 250? Over 250 visits we estimated. I was asked to count it up uh, recently, and I estimated about 250 uh, outpatient visits, probably a little bit more, but that's a conservative estimate. And, and you think about, um, you know, two children, so I have, you know, four children, but I have, I did them two at a time, but you think about, uh, you know, taking them to soccer practice, and oh, I've got to pick up my daughter from dance, and I've got to, you know, you've got all of that plus this. Yeah, so that's you're a, always coordinating, yeah, you're always coordinating, uh, you know, where, and can we, can I I have the appointment you know they're really great here for us that they know that you know i can be like, stretched a little thin and that's where we talk about taking care of the family is that you know i've built some great relationships with both um, specialists and support staff nurses etc that really know us and know that if i'm asking i really need that flexibility or know that you know if i'm asking for him to come a little bit sooner that he really does need to be seen sooner and we're really lucky that way um, because we really have made some great relationships um, across the 14 years that he's been coming here that you know when uh, sometimes when you have a sick kid, unless you're unless you're really really sick, you don't really worry about it. And so my daughter Michaela, you know, often gets left behind. And so we had to take her in for this ear, nose, and throat, and having her tonsils out. And I was able to say to the specialist, like, listen, <laughs> I kind of like botch this, and she really needs to see you. And they were really great about you know making me feel at ease and that you know not treating me, you know, like why did you leave this, you know, all those sorts of things that could go on with you know, having neglected it. <laughs> this is almost a, I shouldn't even ask this, but What's I'm that? just curious. So 
you have one child that's got, you know, a, a, such a, a magnitude of need and, and care, yeah. and another that doesn't. Yeah. As a parent, how do you kind of balance the attention you're spending? Well, you never totally do, right? You're living like mom guilt a lot, but uh, you're always trying to do your best, right? And make sure that you, you know, that one child, you know, might take a lot of attention for one thing that you try and give them their shining moment in other ways. And, you know, having ha a brother that is so sick has really made Michaela like the best possible child she could be. It's really framed her childhood in a way that is, uh, I couldn't ask for it. I, I can't even take credit for it. She's learned empathy for other children and she's like the nicest kid at school. She won Good Shepherd Award one year, which is, you know, and that is only possible, I think, from having a sick brother. You really look at things in a different way. You grow up in a different way. And I think that it's a, it's a gift that we can take out of it that, you know, while things aren't always the easiest for her, um, you know, and she doesn't always get the most attention that she really has taken that and really um, been able to make herself a better person as a result. What's next for Carter? What's the prognosis going forward? Um, well, we're struggling right now to get his dysautonomia under control, which is his nervous system issues. Um, makes him really tired. Makes it really hard to think. He gets a lot of brain fog. It's very hard to talk about all the time. I mean, it, you, you have to think if your whole life is about people talking about you being sick, we're really lucky that we have staff that really recognize that and really try and, you know, leverage around that. That's really tricky for him. Um, so, you know, we're just kind of day by day. We're still in search of some other um, diagnoses. We're sending some genetic stuff away to New York to see if he has a disorder that like one in 20 people in the, or like 20 people in the whole world have. But we just kind of take it day by day, break it down. You know, if I got worried every time they said, you know, we've looked, they've looked for cancer three times with him. He has cysts in his spine, right? Um, and if I worried every time um, we looked at something, I'd be a basket case. So I really learned from the staff here, um, just to, like moment by moment, like break down what's right in front of us, deal with that, you know, and, and stretch the, uh, the global horizon little bit by little bit, right? Because if uh, last year at this time, I was telling you, you know, he was on the couch, couldn't sit up to eat. I remember, yeah. Couldn't, you know, hardly do anything. And now, you know, we figured out that he's got this nervous system issue and he needs IVs and now we're on our way to kind of recovering. So, I mean, but really you're, can't you're, tell. You're from Edmonton, right? We're from Spruce Grove, yeah. Spruce Grove. Because that's the other thing. And we say it time and time again, but I'll say it again. Um, we kind of take the strawberry, I think many of us take the strawberry for granted. Absolutely. I think if you're not in here, like if you're not in the bubble, I was just talking to those parents with that five-month-old baby right yeah. before uh, they came on with you. Yeah. yeah, and they were talking about, uh, you know, that they had no idea that this existed right. within here, right? And I think um, we don't understand that there's families that, that I've met that are traveling to Calgary to see the same doctor that diagnosed him, right? They're coming up for the day from Calgary because there's nothing like this anywhere. And I think we just take it for granted. We don't understand the how um, important it is, what a wide array of services they well, offer for kids. how convenient it is, really. Like, I, mean, I hate to say, 25 obvious, minutes, I'm here door to door. Exactly. Right? Like, like, you've got a problem with your child, we've got the salary. Absolutely. Like it's just as simple as that. Absolutely. Right? And I think that if we lived anywhere else in Canada, I know without certainty that this child would not have had the childhood he's had. He's not that he hasn't had, he hasn't had an easy childhood, but we'd be talking a totally different story if we lived anywhere else other than in Edmonton and area. Wow. Uh, always great to uh, see you again. I'm, I'm hoping, well, let's do this every two years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you can sort of bring me up to date on how Carter's doing. Uh, okay. I would love that as well. Uh, that is Allison. They're uh, his, her children, sorry, Carter. And uh, is it Ma Michaela? 
Oh, I, did I say that right the first time? Yeah, you did. You got, you got it as Michaela. I've got to stop doubting myself. Yeah, I know. It's I, been a long two days. It I has. just want to ask really quickly that if you can give $5, give $5. It doesn't have to be You're a right. big donation. I know times are tough, but the $5 that you give, like, means the world to our, our family because all those $5 adds, add up. You know, if it's 5 or 5000 we will happily take it any other way that you can give it. We will take it because it improves the lives of all these children so I couldn't have said immensely. it better. And you know, you're absolutely right that people do think, well, $5 isn't going to help, but if everybody gives 5 If everybody in your office there. gave 5 bucks, exactly. like we're, we're laughing, right? All right. Appreciate uh, your time. Thank you so much for sharing your story. I know Thanks for doing this. Well, you know what? It's our honor to be here. It's Thanks, the 20th Alex. anniversary Thank of you. the uh, Chorus Radiothon presented by Great Canadian Roofing, Siding, and Windows. We've got more stories uh, to give. If you uh, would like to donate, though, and why wouldn't you? Uh, more it's happy it's to easy. Do. It's easy. Uh, how do you want to do it? You want to do it on your cell phone? Well, just text STOLLERY45678. Uh, if you want to do it on your regular phone or even on your cell phone, 780-407-KIDS. That's 5437. Out of town, 1-866-407-KIDS. Uh, or you can go to your computer. Type in stollerykids.com and follow the instructions after that. You can become a monthly donor, or as Allison said, five bucks is five bucks, man. It'll make Just, a difference. Uh, make, it, make a difference. Your five bucks and somebody else's five bucks and somebody else's five bucks is going to make a difference in a child's life. And uh, there's no better reason than that right there. Exactly right. We'll take a break. Uh, we still have lots of amazing stories to tell you. Coming up between uh, 4 and 6, we're going to have one of those super power hours that we uh, told you about off the top of the show. Great Canadian Roofing, Siding, and Windows, the sponsor of that. Uh, so what that means is we're going to set a goal but, uh, between 4 and 6 o'clock. And if we achieve that goal, a uh, really big check is going to get handed over by uh, Great Canadian Roofing, Siding, and Windows. So uh, give some thought to that. And again, there's so many different ways you can help. $5 anywhere up to $5 million, whatever you'd like to do. Uh, the text... Uh, Lined in order to donate 10 20 or 25 dollars you simply text the word stollery to four five six seven eight just that simple if that's beyond your uh, technical grasp uh, if you know how to use a telephone you can do it that way as well seven eight zero four zero seven five four three seven that's seven eight zero four zero seven kids kids or if you're outside of the edmonton area one eight six six four oh seven Kids, And, of course, we're always uh, happy to hear from you online as well at stollerykids.com. We'll take a break for news headlines, uh, weather and sports, the business report. And when we come back, we'll have that super power hour for you. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.